0: Chapter 8. As soon as we boarded the bus, Mrs. Plummer noticed Erica's mood. What's the matter, sweetie? You get up on the wrong side of the bed or something? Or something, I thought. It's my doll, little Erica, you know, the one I told you about. My brother made me leave her in the woods and now she's gone. Mrs. Plummer turned around and looked directly at me. Why on earth did you do something like that? As usual, I was being blamed it's kind of complicated i said i thought well i won't tell you what i thought it's dumb and you wouldn't believe me let's just say i made a mistake and i'm really sorry and i'll find the doll after school he won't find her no matter how hard he looks erica turned her face to the window and pressed her nose against the glass she's been took erica whispered to herself in a voice so low i scarcely heard her mrs Plummer looked at me in the rearview mirror what makes you think i won't believe you My parents don't. She was slowing down to pick up Brody. With him getting on the bus, I couldn't tell her what I saw. Tell me later, Mrs. Plummer told me. As usual, Brody gave me a nasty look as he walked past. He was heading for a seat at the back of the bus where he and his friends sat. Ignoring him, I looked straight ahead and Erica looked out the window. We rode in silence all the way to school. My day was no worse than usual a B-minus on a history report because I'd gotten a date wrong, a bloody nose in basketball, an accident, of course, and so on and so on. The bus ride home was worse than usual because Erica still refused to speak to me. Without her to talk to, I had to listen to rude comments about my sweater, my haircut, my shoes, and who knows what. I wondered how the kids on the bus had entertained themselves before I'd had the bad luck to move to Woodville. After Brody got off, Mrs. Plummer glanced at us in the rearview mirror once or twice, but she didn't have anything to say until she stopped at the end of our driveway. "'I hope you find the doll, but be quick about it. It gets dark early, and I don't want you getting lost in the woods.' She shut the door and drove away, heading home, I guess, to her husband and kids. We stood at the side of the road and looked down the driveway. The trees were a tunnel of darkness already. "'Let's go straight to the woods and look for your doll,' I said." "'She won't be there,' Erica said in the flat little voice she'd been using all day. "'Yes, she will.' I took her hand to hurry her along, but she pulled away and ran ahead. I chased her through the field's tall weeds, and into the woods. In a few minutes, I came to the dead tree of the clearing and the fallen log. How had Dad and I missed it last night? Erica waited for me empty-handed. "'She's not here.' "'She must be.' I ran around looking in piles of fallen leaves under bushes, behind logs, even leaving the clearing to search the woods. Erica stayed where she was, her arms folded across her chest, shivering. I don't understand it. I pointed to the place where I'd last seen little Erica. She was right there. I kicked at the leaves, scattering them, thinking the doll had to be under them. Erica hugged herself, as if she still held the doll in her arms. She's been took. Took? Took? That's how the kids in Woodville talk, not you and me, we say taken, and besides, who took her? Celine? The name dropped from Erica's lips like a stone. The little, the girl who lives on the tippity top of a hill with her old auntie. Are you crazy or just a liar? Celine disappeared 50 years ago, nobody's seen her since. Honestly, I wasn't as sure as I tried to sound. My feeling of being watched, the darkness of the woods surrounding the house, Erica's behavior, the tension between mom and dad the unhappiness we'd all sunk into everything was wrong maybe just maybe it all tied in with Celine estes or something else i didn't know what my brain was muddled my hands and nose were cold and i wanted to go home light the fire and play games on my ipad erica steered into the woods at the very spot where i'd seen or thought i'd seen the shadow thing you saw something yesterday i said i know it suppose i did erica's pale face looked spooky in the dim light her eyes too big for her face and shadowed with dark circles what did you see i stood over her i want to know it's a secret i made a promise i she was crying now angry and frustrated by her silent secret ways i pulled her to her feet and shook her not hard just a little I'm serious. There's something going on and I need to know what it is. Let me go. Let me go. Erica struggled to get away. It was just like the day before and I was fed up. Tell me, I shouted. Tell me the truth, you little liar. I let go of her and shoved her so hard she fell on her back in the leaves. Scrambling to her feet, she glared at me like a wild thing her hair hung in her face leaves clung to her jacket i hate you daniel no matter what you do you can't make me tell never 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 she spun around and dashed into the woods come back here i yelled i ran after her slipping and sliding on fallen leaves tripping on roots hidden beneath the leaves a branch she'd brushed aside flew back and hit my eyes its thorns clawed my face "'Smarting from pain, I shouted, "'Go on then, stupid, run! "'You'll be sorry if you get lost and it's dark and cold and... "'I stopped yelling because I couldn't hear her crashing through the bushes anymore. "'Fine,' I thought. "'I brought her home yesterday. I'm not doing it again. "'Let her find her own way back. "'Maybe it'll teach her a lesson.' "'I turned away and followed the path back to the house. "'It was practically dark and a cold wind hissed through the dry weeds.' Erica wouldn't stay long in the woods. She probably knew a shortcut. When I got home, she'd be there sitting on the couch, smirking because she'd beaten me. Mom would never know I'd let my sister run off into the woods without me. The taking. The old woman returns to the clearing and waits for Erica and her hateful brother. She leaves the dolly hidden in the woods near her cabin. She has another use for it. She hears them coming before she sees them. Their voices are loud and angry. The hateful brother can't believe the doll is gone, but Erica knows who took it. That girl, she tells him, the one who lives with her auntie on the tippity top of a hill. They fight and the hateful brother pushes his sister. She falls backward into the leaves. Now she knows he hates her. She must find the cabin and the girl. She scrambles to her feet and runs away from him. The old woman makes sure he gives up and goes home. She lets Erica run until she is too tired to go farther. She watches Erica sink down on the ground and cry. She waits until the trees thicken with shadows. The wind blows harder, its breath as cold as death. Bloody bones snuffles and snorts in the dead leaves, looking for grubs or voles, anything juicy or crunchy erica hears him coming closer step by shuffling step she whimpers and cries and curls herself into a ball when the old woman is sure that erica cannot run or put up a fight she steps out of the woods in her own shape her ragged cloak billows around her gnarled body strands of white hair stream across her bony face she stands over erica leaning on her staff older than old crueler than cruel as wicked as the devil himself. Erica, she croons. Erica, come to auntie. Erica looks up. The old woman takes her arm and pulls her roughly to her feet. You belong to me now. No one wants you but me. No one loves you but me. They forgot all about you and you forgot all about them. Smiling to herself, the old woman drags Erica through the woods to her cabin. She has what she wants. Chapter 9. When I slammed into the kitchen, Erica wasn't there. I called out just in case, but there's something about an empty house. You always know when you're alone. I pictured her taking her time coming home, sulking, mad, hoping I'd worry about her, little brat. I couldn't stand my sister anymore. I was sick of her, sick of her scenes, sick of the doll. I'd hoped we'd never find it. I smeared a thick layer of peanut butter on a piece of bread, poured myself a glass of cider, and went to my room to play games on my iPad. But for some reason, I couldn't concentrate. The silence of the house pressed against my ears. A clock ticked. The refrigerator turned off and on. A gust of wind rattled the window panes. Noises you never heard except when there were no other noises. I closed my iPad and went to the room. Where was Erica? I walked down the hall to her room. Maybe she'd been hiding there all the time, playing a trick on me. Yes, that must be it. She'd beaten me home, run upstairs, and hidden. It was just the sort of prank she'd pull fully expecting to see her sitting on her bed laughing at me i flung open the door and flicked on the light a row of stuffed animals sat on the window seat staring at me with shiny round eyes i called my sister's name i looked under her bed and in the closet expecting her to jump out and scare me no erica as i turned to leave the room i saw the van's headlights coming down the driveway with a half-formed hope that Erica would be ru- with mom and dad, I ran down the back stairs to the kitchen and opened the door before dad had a chance to fumble with his key. Well, thanks, buddy. Dad brushed past me and set a case of wine down on the counter with a thud. Mom was right behind him, balancing a stack of carryout cartons from Lucky's Chinese restaurant. No pizza tonight. Mugu gai pan for you and me and Erica. And General Tso's chicken for me dad turned to the cupboard to get dinner plates go fetch erica so we can eat before the wonton soup gets cold why are you just standing there mom asked what's wrong where's erica she i took a deep breath and started again she's not she's she's not mom left the kitchen erica she called erica dad grabbed my shoulders and spun me around to face him what's going on Daniel where's your sister she's not here dad I I don't know where she is we had a fight she wouldn't come home with me she she ran off she ran off dad stared at me why didn't you go after her how could you let her run off I tried to stop her dad but she was mad just like yesterday and I his eyes lit on the jar of peanut butter and the loaf of bread I'd forgotten to put away you came home and ate a sandwich is that what you did I thought she'd be here any minute. I never imagined she'd do something like this. Mom reappeared. She's not in the house, Ted. Dad grabbed my shoulders again, harder this time. Where did you last see her? In the clearing, we were looking for the doll, but she wasn't there and Erica wouldn't come home with me. She got mad, she said it was all my fault and then she ran away from me and I got mad at her and came home. Dad swore softly. Martha, you stay here in case she comes back. Daniel, grab your jacket and a couple flashlights. I followed Dad into the cold, dark night. The wind was blowing harder now, and the trees sent wild, rocking shadows across the driveway. In the woods, Dad began calling Erica. I joined in. Erica! 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 Her name bounced from tree to tree, caught by the wind, tossed in the sky. But she didn't answer. She didn't come. Where are you? Dad called, his voice scraped raw from shouting. Are you? Are you? Are you? The trees repeated. Creatures in the underbrush rustled. An owl screeched. Our voices sounded small in the noisy darkness. We called her name again and again. We waved our flashlights in hope that she'd see their bobbing light. We were hoarse from calling and desperate when she didn't answer the faint trail gave out and we began circling back to the house without realizing it until we saw the lights in the windows we need to call the police dad said we don't know the land the way they do we'll get our lost ourselves if we keep going wordlessly we made our way home mom was on the front porch shivering in her warmest down coat he didn't find her no dad stopped to hug her mom clung to him They stood there whispering to each other as if they'd forgotten about me. I waited, shifting my weight from one frozen foot to the other, afraid bloody bones might be watching us from the trees. Not that I believed he actually existed. Not in my world, the real world, the five senses world. But with the wind blowing and the moon sailing in and out of the clouds like a ghost racing across the sky, I could almost believe I'd crossed a border into another world where anything could be true even conjure women in spells and monsters. The police came sooner than we'd expected. We heard their sirens and saw their flashing lights before they would even turned into the driveway. Four cars and an ambulance stopped at the side of the house. Doors opened, men got out. A couple of them had dogs, big German shepherds who pulled on their leashes excited. Flashing lights washed the living room walls with red and blue. Why did they bring an ambulance? Mom clung to Dad, her face a strange, ashen color. He frowned at the scene outside. It's standard procedure when something like this happens. Something like what? I wondered. No one was hurt. We didn't need an ambulance unless they thought... But no. Erica wasn't hurt. She was just lost. They'd find her fast with those dogs. I'd tell her I was sorry I got mad at her. I was scared, that was all. Scared of what? An old folktale? tale? I shivered as a draft of cold air came creeping into the house. At my age, how could I be scared of a bogeyman? Two policemen came inside and went upstairs. I heard their shoes clunking overhead. A policewoman sat down with us at the dining room table. She had questions. Erica's full name and age, a description of her and the clothes she was wearing, and the circumstances of her disappearance. Daniel was supposed to walk home from the school bus stop with Erica, Mom said in a shaky voice but they had a fight and and she faltered and tried to brush away her tears the detective turned to me what was the fight about? she'd been jotting things on a little notebook and now she sat looking at me waiting, her pen poised she had stubby fingers and close cut fingernails, no polish no makeup either, a plain face short hair "'not very friendly. "'Small, hard eyes. "'The name on her badge said Detective Irma Shank. "'I told her what I'd told Dad, "'still leaving out any mention of things in the woods "'or Celine Estes. "'My hands shook, "'and one leg jiggled without my being able to stop it. "'So we came home and ate a peanut butter sandwich,' "'mom said when I'd finished. "'Then I imagined he went upstairs "'to play a game on his iPad. "'When we came home,' He panicked and told us what happened. While mom talked, Detective Shank watched me, still jotting things down. Is that what you did, Daniel? Yes, but I thought Erica was playing a trick on me. She does things like that. She looked at dad and mom, and they nodded. Sometimes Erica's very willful, dad said. She's not happy here. I wanted to say, that goes for all of us, but I kept my mouth shut. Where did you live before you moved here? Fairfield, Connecticut, Dad said. Detective Shank leaned across the table. I know your daughter's only seven, but do you think she tried to go back there? Dad and Mom looked at each other and shook their heads. None of us could picture Erica going to Connecticut. She had no money, and even if she did, what ticket seller would let her get on a bus all by herself? She's high-strung, fearful, Mom said. I can't imagine her being outside in the dark. She's afraid of the dark. She sleeps with the light on. Now mom began to cry in earnest. She must be so scared and so cold. A police man came inside. We need something Erica's worn recently so we can set the dogs on her trail. And a recent photograph, Detective Shank added. Dad went upstairs and came back with a pair of red socks Eric had worn the day before. Mom gave the police one of a recent set of school photographs beautiful little girl detective shank said but such a sad expression she looked at us with narrowed eyes as if she were blaming us for everything the policeman went outside with the socks through the window i saw the dog sniff the socks before the police led them into the field i can't believe this is happening mom said it's like a nightmare i know i know the detective patted mom's hand would you like tea mom nodded and the woman went to the kitchen "'Make yourself useful, Daniel,' Dad said. "'Show her where things are.' "'Please don't blame me for this, Dad.' "'Dad looked around the room. "'I don't see anyone else to blame.' "'In the kitchen, I went to the cabinet over the stove "'and got out cups and saucers. "'Detective Shank had already found tea bags "'and put the kettle on the stove. "'While we waited for the water to boil, she looked at me. "'When you and Erica were fighting, did you hit Erica, Daniel? "'Knock her down or hurt her somehow?' Her question really upset me. Did she suspect me of harming Erica in some way or leaving her unconscious in the woods? I shoved her, I admitted, and she fell down, but not hard. She jumped up and ran away from me. Are you sure that's all you did? I'd never hurt my sister. Of course you wouldn't, not on purpose. She looked at my face closely and touched the scratches on my cheek. Did Erica do this? It was a branch, she pushed pushed it out of the way, and then it swung back and hit me. The thorn scratched me, not my sister. What were you fighting about? I told you. She was mad about the doll. She said it was my fault it was gone. Why did you prevent Erica from picking up the doll yesterday? It was almost dark. We had to go home. I don't understand what difference it would have made to pick up the doll. I started crying. I couldn't help it. I should have let her get the doll. She really loves it i wish i had but i i don't like being in the woods when it's dark the tea kettle started whistling while i was trying to explain mom heard it i guess and came to the door what's going on she asked the detective daniel's a minor you have no right to question him without my permission i'm just trying to understand why the doll was left in the woods yesterday ma'am it seems peculiar mom turned off the stove and the kettle's shrill whistle stopped she put an arm around me and i leaned against her incredibly grateful for her protection i'd begun to think that my whole family as well as everyone in woodville hated me including detective irma shank i was scared i finally admitted i was scared to stop for the doll what were you afraid of detective shank shook her head as if she didn't believe me you don't look like the sort of boy who's easily scared i thought i saw something in the woods in the shadows i told her I was scared it was coming after erica and me detective shank seemed unconvinced probably she'd already decided i had more to do with erica's disappearance than i was saying mom spoke up the children have been nervous anxious they're not used to living in the country with no neighbors it's so dark at night they're imaginative they they mom held me tighter she was crying again daniels told you all he knows please spend your time searching for erica She's out there in the cold, and you're sitting here questioning Daniel as if you suspect him of harming his sister. Detective Shank got to her feet. Children often know more than they let on, she said, with a glance at me. I'm trying to understand all the aspects, ma'am. Believe me, I want to find your daughter as much as you do. With that, the detective left the house and joined the police, who were now searching the shed. Do you still want tea, Mom? She nodded, and I made us both a cup. Do you think Dad wants one? He's outside, no doubt making a nuisance of himself. Cup in hand, she went to the window and stared past the reflection of the kitchen into the darkness beyond. Where could she be, Daniel? Suddenly, Dad barged into the kitchen with a couple of cops. He was holding Erica's knit hat, the one she'd worn yesterday. One of the dogs found it caught on a branch, he said. About a mile from here, a mile. How could she have gone that far? Mom took the hat and pressed it to her face. Crying softly, she continued to gaze into the darkness beyond the window. Where are the dogs, I asked? Are they still on Erica's trail? Dad gestured toward the squad cars, and the ambulance still parked near the house. Out there. They lost her scent not long after they found the hat. I stared at Dad. But they'll find her, right? Yes, of course. Tomorrow they'll ask for volunteers to form lines and search the woods. It'll be better in the daylight. They can... His voice dropped and he stared out the window. I can't believe this. Before the police left, the officer in charge told us to get some sleep to hope for the best. Erica was probably lost, but with the help of volunteer searchers, they'd find her tomorrow. I can't speak for my parents, but I doubt they slept much that night. I certainly didn't. For hours, I sat at my bedroom window, willing Erica to find her way out of the woods. I'll never tease you again or get mad at you, I promised. Just come home please, Erica, please come home. I'm so, so sorry. Chapter 10. In the gray light of dawn, I woke to the sound of voices in the kitchen. Mom was serving coffee to the volunteers who'd brought donuts and Danish pastries and sticky buns. The whole house smelled like sugar, but I had no appetite for any of it. Mom gave me a cup of hot chocolate. Drink it, she said. It's cold outside. Take some donuts or something. She was pale, her eyes red and puffy from crying, and she was smoking. A woman from the realtor's office told her to go back to bed. She looked terrible, but mom insisted she was fine. We're going to find Erica today, she said. To please mom, I took a donut and went outside. The police were talking to a bunch of people I didn't know, telling them what was expected of them. Form lines, walk in arm's length apart, examine every inch of ground. If you see anything that may be connected with Erica, stop and call a policeman. Do not move it. Do not touch it. Do not leave Leave it in situ and wait for a policeman. I edged away toward the woods. No one noticed me go. I had a crazy idea I could find Erica myself, be a hero, make up for leaving the doll and all that it had led to. In the clearing where I'd last seen my sister, a crow perched in the dead tree. He cocked his head at me, cawed and flew away. I sat down on the log and tried to think about where Erica might have gone. I sat there for a while, but no ideas came to me. I stood up and called her again and again until my voice was as hoarse and raspy as a crow's. Her name rang in the air, bounced from tree to tree echoed back to me, but she didn't answer. Nor does she come running out of the woods, her red curls in a tangle, her parka muddy, breathless, cold, hungry, elated to see me, Daniel, her rescuer. You won't find her that way. I spun around, startled to see Brody standing a few feet away. He wore a ratty, fringed, suede jacket that looked as if it had once belonged to his mother. His bony knees stuck out of holes in his jeans, and his hair straggled over his eyes. What are you doing here? I asked him. My dad's in the search party, so I thought I'd come along over and see what's going on. I heard you calling your sister's name. I doubt she'll hear you no matter how loud you yell. She might hear me. Nobody knows how far away she is. She could be trying to find her way home right now. She could have fallen into a hole or something. He edged closer to me, shuffling through leaves as he came. Listen, he said in a low voice. There's stuff about this place you don't know. Stuff nobody's told you, mainly because you're such a stuck-up snot. I stared at him suspiciously. His nose was running and his eyes had a moist pink look. If I was such a stuck-up snot, what did he want with me? Why was he here? What kind of stuff? I found myself lowering my voice, too. He shrugged and took a quick look around. His eyes lingered on the dead tree. You know what happened to Selene Estes, right? You told me about her. Remember on the bus the first day I came to school? Brody was almost whispering now. He kept looking at the dead tree. Well, folks are saying your sister's been took just like Celine was, and you won't ever see her again. Took. There was that word again. How had Erica picked it up? Don't be so stupid, Brody. Celine disappeared more than 50 years ago. Whoever took her is dead by now. And so is Celine. Maybe, Brody said maybe not. Next he'll be telling me bloody bones took her. Nah, old auntie's got her. Ask anybody in Woodville, they'll tell you. Old auntie lived a long time ago, I said. She's definitely dead, if she even existed, which I doubt. Brody shook his head. She lives way back in the woods up on Brewster's Hill. Every now and then somebody sees her at night walking along the highway collecting dead things. Her and bloody bones, that's what they eat, roadkill. I don't believe you. You want me to take you to her cabin? Brody asked, his eyes still boring into mine. That's where everybody thinks she kept Celine. Maybe that's where your sister's at. I know where it is. I've been there with dad and Erica. It's an old falling down ruin. Nobody lives in it. In the daytime, yeah. But at night, it looks like it used to. That's crazy, I said. I'm going up there, he said. You can come if you like or not. Makes no matter to me what you do. He turned and started walking away. I followed him. The fringe on his jacket blew in the wind. The little beads sewed to it rattled and bumped together. What do you mean at night it's like it used to be? I asked him. I mean, he said slowly without bothering to look at me, that it looks like it did when old auntie was alive. You just told me she's alive. Now you're saying she's dead? No. What I'm saying is old auntie's a haunt, come back from her grave i grabbed brody's arm and made him stop and look at me do you expect me to believe that he shrugged believe what you like he turned his back again but i wasn't through with him this is what i think i said you're dragging me up here to play some kind of trick on me which is really awful because my sister is missing and the whole town's looking for her and you're taking advantage of that to get me to go with you i bet your friends are already up there getting ready to scare me or something what kind of kid are you Brody backed away from me. I'm not not up to anything. I want to help you find your sister. That's all. We'd reached the steep part of the trail. The trees had thinned out and the wind was blowing hard enough to knock me over the edge of the hill. Ghosts, monsters, places that are ruins in the daytime, but not after dark, I said. It's all stupid lies, fairy tales. I'm going back to the house. Maybe they found my sister. We're almost there, Brody said at least take a look. I hesitated, stuck between climbing downhill and climbing uphill. I'd come this far. Why not go a little farther? What if Erica really was there?